Hello and welcome to another episode of the Daily Remedy Podcast. Today we're here with longtime friend and famous chronic pain patient advocate, Ms. Barbie Ingle. But today, she's here in a new capacity, one that may not be familiar to most of you, but will be in the coming months. Ms. Ingle, we're proud to say, is running for the Arizona State Representative LD7 candidate. She is, among her many accolades already, Arizona Precinct Committeeman CD5, Editor-in-Chief of iPain Living Magazine, and the immediate past president of the International Pain Foundation. And with that, I'd like to welcome Ms. Ingle. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here with you once again, and I appreciate that we've been longtime friends, and I thank you for everything that you've been doing for the chronic pain community all this time as well. No, likewise. It's, uh, it's inspiring to be able to speak with you and get to know you. For the listening audience, can you start by explaining this position? What is LD7 and why are you choosing to run? LD7 is the 7th district in Arizona for the state level. So CD5, the precinct committeeman position I have, is uh, for the federal elections and a federal position. For LD7, we focus on the state needs, laws, and if I am chosen, elected, as the LD7 state representative, I will be serving in the House of Representatives here in Arizona, and the laws I pass won't just be affecting LD7, but they will affect the entire state. Interesting. So you have a very strong background of advocacy. This would be your first foray, and correct me if I'm wrong, into actual legislation itself. Why why make that transition? I felt compelled to make the transition to be a legislator. As a patient advocate, I got pretty far. I've I've written bills, I've got bills passed into law, I've worked on bills in 36 states at least. And also federal bills, also bills in other countries that I've that I've helped with and worked on. And I felt like if I could be on the other side, especially for my own community, my own state, that I could make a bigger difference for the chronic pain community and the rare disease community, that I just I've gotten to a point where I can get things passed. But every time new politicians come in, it's learning a whole new set of people and what they need and, and what have you. And if I have an idea for a bill or patients come to me and say, you know, uh, Representative Barbie, we have this idea, this bill, I can bring it through the the legislature and know that it's going to get its its time and its energy and, and um, could pass into law a lot easier and more effectively. So I've just felt the need to step up and make a difference. And I really feel strongly about other areas besides healthcare. My main focus for the last 20 plus years has been healthcare, but I also have other beliefs that I'm, things I'm seeing here in, in Arizona specifically, like the border crossings are, are um, over and above what they've been in past years. And that is going to collapse our healthcare system here. I see that coming. So now I need to really look at border security and what's happening and how are we dealing with that so that our healthcare system doesn't collapse here in Arizona. It's interesting how so many issues eventually become healthcare issues when you look at them long enough. Talk about your priorities and action items should you be elected. 
So there's many different things that, that need worked on besides healthcare, but that's my number one issue. Also, uh, integrity and transparency. We know after the 2020 elections, there's a lot of questions about what happened and pe uh, some people feel like everything was fair and some people feel like everything is is um, under the table and not done correctly and not it's not transparent. So if we could get integrity and transparency in our election process and let people learn about it, know it, understand it, which we're supposed to learn in civics, right? But uh, we don't re always remember what we learned in high school. And um, we, we really need to get back to that. Uh, law and order, it, I think equal justice is something we haven't seen in the last few years, at least. And if, if we could bring that to the spotlight and say, okay, justice is going to be equal. If you go in and thieve from a store, there's going to be consequences. If, if you steal a car, there's going to be consequences and you, you can't hurt other people while you're trying to live your own best life. Uh, economics are, you know, just this past year, eggs were $7 and something for a dozen eggs here in Arizona. That is just nuts. And so a lot of people start getting chickens and now they're raising chickens so they can have eggs at their house because they couldn't afford $7 eggs. We've seen the economy crash significantly and people are having to choose, you know, do, do we have the heat on at night or do we put extra clothes on and extra blankets on and, and these types of hard life choices. I'd like to help with energy independence again here in the United States so that we can have more economic security here. Um, our state infrastructure, uh, for me, and especially with LD7, uh, past leaders of the LD7, past representatives, they have not, there's four counties in our, in our district. And at the end of the year, when they would get their money from the budget, they've given it to their own counties. What I would do is divide it equally in each county based on the population percentage, not based on, oh, I live in, and that type of thing has gone on for the last few years. So I want to make sure that we rein that in and that all the counties get the money so that they, they can put it towards schools and education and roads and infrastructure. Um, diversity and voices. I, a lot of times people are afraid to speak out or when they do speak out, they get hushed. <laughs> and especially in the chronic pain and rare disease communities. Mm -hmm. And um, we're talking to everybody from providers to, to patients, caregivers, industry people. Uh, I'd like to see businesses thrive and I would like to see providers thrive and be able to have that patient provider relationship back intact and get legislation out of what is happening individually for patients coming down the line um, specifically. And then uh, here in Arizona, education is a big issue. And there's a few things that I would change. One being uh, the funding, the ESAs for People who go to public school, the public schools are getting fifteen to thirty thousand dollars per student, and the homeschooled children and the charter school children are getting up to seventy five hundred. So, in a lot of cases, half or less than half of what the public schools are getting. And I'd like to see the money go with the child. So, whatever the parent decides for the child, be it public school, private school, charter school, or homeschool, they all get the same amount of funding to to educate the child to the best of that funding's ability. So I'd, I'd like to see things like that. So again, I, I'm focused on healthcare and that's really my number one issue, but I also believe in 
faith and freedom and life and education and border security and all these things that give us the best daily living we can have if they're running smoothly. And I want to be a part of helping those run smoothly. No, well said. That, that's a lot. Arizona. You're <laughs> out there. <laughs> no, no, it, it's important because it reflects quite a bit of what a lot of people in Arizona are thinking. One question I have, among the many views that are shared, often implementing those views or communicating those views is critical. As an advocate in the healthcare community, you have a lot of experience navigating complex networks. How are you going to translate that skill to dealing with quite different populations of constituents and legislators? Well, sorry, I got ice. I didn't mean to get ice. <laughs> drink water. Um, one, I have a degree in social psychology. You know, I think it's one of my abilities that, that I've honed in on to bring people together and say, look, these things need to happen. This is a bi, healthcare's bipartisan, bicameral issue. It should be. And bringing the different voices together so that patients can get what they need, so that the caregivers can, can help the patients the best to their ability is really important. And knowing and understanding that we need individualized care and that each person is going to be coming forward with their own set of needs and coming from that understanding helps me be more open-minded to why this person is saying they need medical marijuana or opioids or uh, surgery or whatever it is that they need. Understanding that and not saying, oh, I'm going to, I've had legislators say to me, well, we gave you this treatment last year, so I'm not going to support this new bill this year for this new treatment because we already gave you that last year. As if one treatment would serve all the voices. And it's it just doesn't work that way. So knowing that and understanding that going in as a legislator, I think that I would make a really good uh, unifying voice so that people can get the individualized care that they need. And when people stop and pay attention and see what I'm doing, hopefully they will understand they can come to me and I will be a cheerleader for them for whatever their needs are. No, that's well said. If you had to project in the next few months and kind of understand what are the dynamics that people in Arizona are really looking out for, where are you going to try to campaign and what health issues or issues at large are you really going to try to impact on in different parts of your constituency? Right now, in the next few months, I will be staying as much as I can in my legislative district. So Coconino County, Navajo County, which has a large Indian population, uh, Gila County and Pinal County. And I'm really going to focus on these four counties and try to do all of my appearances and, and everything throughout these counties. Although I will be working for the state if I am elected. And then I need to have the, the voices from all over the state. And I hope that patients feel like they can come to me as a chronic pain patient myself and be a voice for them even greater than I've been doing over the last few years. Last year, I was able to go on a state tour with the International Pain Foundation, and we went to every single district throughout the state, and I was able to talk to patients, caregivers, providers, legislators, industry people in each of the counties and uh, find out their pain points and what is happening in their in their communities and realizing 
that some of the communities are rural. Some of them are frontier. They don't even have a hospital. Some of them don't have access to a primary care provider. And if they are injured and have something acute happen, they have to get helivacked to a, another town just to get just to get the acute care that they need. And they don't even have access to long-term care like a chronic pain patient or rare disease patient would need. So I really got to see that eye-opening view from those frontier all the way through the, the big city of Phoenix and Tucson to see that there is a wide variety of needs and they all need to be addressed and starting to think of ideas and having those voices from last year to bring with me to say, hey, these are the challenges that we're having. How can we pass laws that give us all something in healthcare and in everyday living that will better our lives? And that's what I hope to bring forward. But I'm definitely concentrating on my own district for the next few months to just to get a, a handle on who and what the, the pain points and voices are in the, at a deeper level, as well as let the people here that haven't heard of me know about me and hopefully I can earn their votes. It's very rare for a candidate to have the level of experience and advocacy that you have. Yes. If you were to then translate that into the legislative world as a state legislator, what advantages would you have on day one compared to somebody without your experience? I think one of the biggest advantages that I have going in on day one is that I have already written six bills. I have been a part of the process. I used to think before getting involved at that um, behind the curtain level, <laughs> I thought it goes to the Senate and it goes to the House and then it goes to the governor and then we have a law. And I didn't really put too much thought into each of the stages that has to happen to actually get a bill to become a law or even be written or, or considered. And now I know there's about 32 stages in that process. It's not a three-part situation or a five-part situation. There's about 32 steps that have to take place and the, the bill can die at any one of those 32 steps. So you really have to know what the bill is about, be able to talk about it quickly, be able to get that information out and get people on board to support it and be a cheerleader. And I think also having the skills of a cheerleader, being able to lead a crowd and uh, have that diversity to say, hey, we're all cheering for the same team. Let's make Arizona the best that it can be. Those are skills that I'm taking in, but I am also really good at organizing and being responsible and time management and other things I learned being a student athlete that a lot of people don't know until they're in a uh, big situation, like a seat of a legislator, that it really takes you being on top of things and being organized and, and looking ahead, planning ahead, having a plan A, but also be willing to talk through your bill and with other legislators and with other constituents to know, hey, this might need to be tweaked a little bit. Instead of asking for six months, we need to ask for three months or nine months or 12 months so that we can get what will help the majority of people in Arizona. Well said. I want to now, in fairness, ask a few tough questions that I think are important for those considering voting for you and for the people of Arizona at large. First question would be for those who may be looking at other candidates or hesitant to support you, what message would you like to provide to your detractors? I haven't had too many yet, so 
That's a good <laughs> Thank thing. Goodness. Um, I mean, I have had some mean people and, um, I literally just stand there and, and am open and want to continue the conversation. And so people have tried to shut, shut it down and just say something mean and walk away. And I don't, I, I just stand there and say, okay, let's talk it out. If you feel this way, explain to me why you feel so deeply about what you're going through or what you think I'm not seeing and being willing to hear that a lot of people aren't are taken off guard or unexpected um in that situation and so i i think that is has been really helpful i also i hope to get through my campaign and voted in based on my skills abilities and talents and don't want to put down anybody else and and what they have going on i hope that we all get a chance to present who we are and what we plan on doing. And then the voters get to decide who's right for this position. At the same time, I know not everybody plays in the sandbox like I do. And so I'm expecting them to throw mud at me and sand in my eyes. And all I can do is say, this is how I will handle it. This is, this is where my skills come from. This is who I am and rise above that. And I think being president, as you mentioned, I was, I'm immediate past president of the International Pain Foundation. And believe it or not, in the nonprofit world, it gets cutthroat. And I've had to learn these skills throughout my um, existence in nonprofit at different stages and different levels of leadership so that I can succeed and keep moving forward with the with the programs and tools and resources that we're creating. And I will take those same skills into legislation. And a lot of other people that I'm, or at least the five others that I'm running against, there's six of us, two of us will win. I'm hoping I'll be in first or second place. Uh, <laughs> and going into it knowing some of them are fighters some of them take each other to court they've already taken each other to court and brought each other down to to um a lower standard of of conducting themselves in a legislative type manner let's say and i just want to move forward and say these are the things i can do and hope that people will see the good in me and i know i'm not your typical legislator and i and i think you even made a comment to me you know, when you told me you were running, it, it took me back because you're so nice. And I didn't know if you were going to be able to take the heat from from the other people. Um, and and so I've taken it in the nonprofit world. I will be able to take it as a legislator. I just don't fight back in the way that people expect. I fight back by showing who I am and what I can do and letting the other people out in the world that can vote for me, support me, lift me up be able to do that and feel good about themselves for, for making the choice to choose me. Yeah. I think there's something to say about that stable optimism and it's something that's really needed in politics at all levels. And I think that's a welcome refresher for you in particular. And I think that people who are looking at a strong candidate should really look at those soft skills, those personality types as something we need more of in politics. And that's my own personal plug, but let me kind of get thank, back to my own uh, <laughs> my own um, now interview uh, perspective. Yeah. Um, people generally understand how to get involved in national elections, but when it comes to state elections or more local elections, it's difficult for people to understand how they can get involved. So for those who are listening that may think, 
you are the candidate I want to support. How can they come out and canvas for you? How can they come out and support you? And where are the key voting dates that they should look out for to know when they can express their support? Thank you. So in Arizona, it's going to be a little bit different in every state. Some states have already had their um, their primaries, they call them. And I think two states have already had them. There's about eight more coming up real quick. And then they spread out between now and about August. And our primary here in Arizona for the state elected officials and federal elected officials, except for president, president here is in March, but the rest of us are in August, August 8th. And in between now and then, one thing I have to do as a candidate is get enough signatures on my petition to get onto the ballot. I need 595 signatures. I have just over 300 and I've been at it for a month. Some of my uh, competitors in my race um, have been doing it for a few months and I, I got into the race a little bit late, but um, I feel like I'm on a good pace. I have until April 7th to turn in all my signatures. Now you have to live in District 7 to support me on my ballot, but you don't have to live in District 7 to support me publicly. Let let people know when you tweet about it or or X about it or Facebook message and let people know that are in Arizona. The more people that are talking about, hey, who's this Barbie girl? The better off I will be because that will get around two people who live in District 7 that haven't heard of me yet. Um, so so doing that, no matter where you live. Also, I have to do fundraising. One of my opponents has already raised over half a million dollars. I'm way behind on fundraising as well. And I'm not even expect. They asked me, how much do you expect to raise? And I said, mm, 35,000. One of my traits or, or things that I'm good at is budgeting and making money last and work for whatever project that I have and sticking within that budget. So I think I can win with about $35,000. There is a cap, like one person can't walk in and just write me a check. It has to come in increments. And and so there there is a cap of $3,500, or sorry, $5,300 per person or or family that can donate, but you can donate from anywhere in the United States. And one of the things that, when I was supporting candidates in past years, I, I was like, why would I support a candidate that doesn't live in my district that I can't vote for in a financial way? And and another person put it to me, if you know the person who you want to win is going to win your district, support somebody from another district that you really want in that you know will help the chronic pain and rare disease community. It doesn't have to be the, the legislator that's going to be leading your area. If you know I want um this person Dr. Smith to win then you but they're going to win they're they're way ahead in the polls and and have a lot of fundraising and all of their efforts are already in place cuz they've maybe been a past legislator and you know how they're going to vote find other legislators that are up and coming people like me candidates that need a boost need help and support us so that we can get on the ballot so that we can work together with other people who are also supportive, especially with the chronic pain community to lift up the laws. A lot of times if a law passes in in one state, it's easier to get something similar that will help another state and working together and, and lifting each other up 
will help us all, all across the country, not just the people here in my district or in our state, but it will eventually trickle out and help the rest of the country also move forward. Well said. I'd like to now share the website, barbieingle.com, for those who are interested in contributing or signing the petition. The screen should now be available and you should now be able to see it. You'll see the Barbie Ingle and of course you'll see her portrait. You'll see on one side, sign my petition. And on the other tab, you'll see the contribute. Can you explain one more time? I know you had just mentioned this, but can you explain who is eligible to sign the petition, but then who is also eligible to contribute should they want to support your campaign? Sure. So to sign the petition, you have to live in Arizona. You have to be in Pinnell County, Navajo County, Coconino County, or Gila County to sign the petition. And if you don't live there, you can still let other people know so that it the word will spread and people who are eligible will find it and sign it. And then uh, for the contributions, you can donate anywhere from a dollar up to uh, $5,300. And that's the maximum that any family can contribute or business can contribute. And um, you can be from anywhere to contribute to my campaign financially. You have to be in the District 7, LD7, not CD7. You have to be in LD7 to sign the petition. Well said. And again, for those who are listening and interested in coming on board, it's barbieingle.com, and this will be the webpage that you'll see once you log into that URL. I want to now transition and talk a little bit about where people can find you in the coming months. I know that you're going to be spending quite a bit of time in your own district. Are there any particular locales or stops that you will be at where people can find you? Yeah, well, I've been in the grocery stores. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm talking like literally going down the aisle shopping and have my, I also have a paper ballot or petition sheet that people can sign. So uh, I've been talking to people in the stores. I've been going through knocking on doors, introducing myself. Hi, I'm Barbie Engel. I'm running for state representative, LD7. And I want to stop by, meet meet as many people as I can. I think face-to-face -face interaction is, is great and needed. And then I'm also going around to as many local groups and clubs that will have me come in and talk, like women's groups and um, uh, other. I'm a, I'm a uh, precinct committeeman and for my district, CD5, but I'm going even and talking to other precinct committeemen districts and uh, letting them know about me. Again, anybody I can talk to, um, the um, uh, VFW, a member, I'm a member of the VFW, Veterans of Foreign Wars Auxiliary. Both my parents were military and my father-in-law was military. And, um, and they're going to be having me come in and speak. And so I'm going to go to as many of the VFWs and speak at those as well. Um, I am going to be going to community events and, and I have a, a sheet on my events page on my website that if you have an event, um, your local church or just a, a group, even if you have a group of people in your neighborhood and, and you can get them together and I can do a meet and greet, I'll come to your house and sit in your backyard and, and, you know, sip on a soda and talk to you, answer any questions that you have. 
I literally just need to get out and, and meet as many people as I can. Like I said, I'm literally going through grocery stores. Every time I go grocery shopping, I bring my flyers, I bring my petitions, put them in the basket and say, hey, are you a registered voter? Can you sign my petition? This is who I am. This is what I'm about. Check me out. I hope I earn your vote. But for right now, I need signatures of registered voters that can sign my petition and get me on the ballot. So you might see me anywhere right now. Even the gas station, I've asked people while we're pumping gas. So um, I'm trying to be everywhere I can be, and especially between now and April, and then I can expand further out after that. Wow. It's um, truly politician in the sense of the term that you are representing the public that's around you. Yes. Now, for those who may want to organize an event, let's say at a local library, at a local school, uh, what's the best way that they can have you present? Is there certain formalities that they have to go through? All you have to do is go to my website on the events page and and put your name, your email, your cell phone, and in the message say, you know, what your idea is, what you're thinking about doing, whether it's a, a online meet and greet, an in-person meet and greet, um, uh, if you want it to be formal, like a forum where, where I'm up on stage and you ask me questions, or if it's just everybody come in and mix and mingle and, and um, give me five minutes to speak, I'd be happy to do any, anything like that and come in and share and get people to know who I am, what I'm about, and how I can serve you. Well said. Uh, in the remaining time that we have, if you had to speak in front of a potential constituent and he or she was looking for your vote, for looking to see whether they would vote for you, what would be your message to him or her? I would say uh, I am Barbie Ingle. I have four main issues that I am looking at. One is education and, and fixing some of the, the disparities in education here in Arizona. Healthcare is my is my number one issue, but I see myself as an expert in healthcare and I am a certified patient leader in healthcare through health union, um, border security, which leads back to healthcare, as well as election integrity and making sure that our voting is transparent and honest. And I invite you to please check out my website, ask me any questions, nothing's off the table. And I hope that I am able to earn your vote before August. That's well said. So Miss Barbie Ingle, military family, former cheerleader, patient advocate, and a true representative of the state of Arizona, I encourage anybody who is listening to this to truly come out and show your support for Arizona and District 7 and vote for Barbie Ingle. So thank you. Thank you.